Let me ask you this too. By coming to this country and learning English and giving back and contributing to our country, and I really, I have no idea how you're going to answer this. I'm really interested to know. Do you feel like you had to give up your identity and your own culture and your past? Is it is it like an either or thing or are you able to kind of hang on to your own culture and your own heritage while embracing being an American? So it's kind of tricky. Um, I know who I am and where I'm coming from. Uh, we kept the part of the culture, but really I didn't want to, I wanted to be American. Okay. Yeah. That, but that's my question. Like, do you feel, cause I know, but I have so many friends that, yeah. that they use all day vacation days to go back in Serbia. I love my former, former country. Uh, because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Serbia. But um, the country is, oh boy. It used to be communist country, social country. So that is deeply uh, rooted in. And so it's very, I believe it's very difficult to succeed over there because of those, that, that philosophy. Right. Is there still present? Uh, people are going with. Um, it is bad right now, but you know it was worse. So we don't want to risk it and get it even worse. This is okay. The people live in the in the scarcity, and I don't. I didn't want to live. In, I don't want to live in the scarcity. Yeah. So that mentality is 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 gone. I want to live my life abundant, is 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 as abundantly possible. It's a great day to flex your freedom. I'm your host, Barb Allen. Today, I have the very great pleasure of speaking to somebody that I know only a very little bit briefly about, but the little bit I was told through our mutual friend, all she had to do was speak for like 10 seconds. And I was like, yes, I want to meet this guy. Yes, we need to have him on our show because yes, he exemplifies everything we're about. We obviously flex your freedom. We're big on freedom. You know, the American dream is important to me. You know, Restoring our country and the national pride we feel and preserving America's core values is important to me and to us here. And so having this guest on today, I am excited because I'm going to be learning along with you all the nuances of his story and what he has to say and share with us, I think is not only going to, I know is not only going to inspire us and excite us, but it's going to serve as a reminder because sometimes we all need those reminders. We can all fall into some complacent trance sometimes and just assuming that everything we have is going to remain, that the freedoms we have, the opportunities we have are available to all of us and will remain available to all of us, regardless of where we come from or how hard we have to struggle to do this. So today is going to serve as all of that. BK's Boyens Mendek, did I get your name right? I should have said that before. That's okay. I go. <laughs> how bad did I butcher it? <laughs> Just go with BK. BK. But you know what? That was my bad. And here, I'm not even going to edit this out, people, because we like to keep things real. Here's the tip for people who are interviewing others. Always check the name pronunciation. 
before you start recording, but I like to live on the edge. So go ahead and tell, tell me how I should have said your name, please. <laughs> I go by BK. Yeah. My real name is Boyan Simendic. Boyan Simendic. So. See, I could have done that very easily beforehand, but life is an evolution. We can all try to be better. So I like my guffaws, my faith plants right out there for everyone to see. So we all know we're human as well. Just, just yes. viral. All right. But kidding aside, let's get into, you sent me, you know, a little bit of your background. You were, you were born and raised on a pig farm in Serbia, Yugoslavia, and now you're here in America. You have a mechanical engineer degree. You have your own company that's earning millions of dollars. You're employing people. You're in this country. You're on the speaking circuit. You've worked, um, you know, you've studied under the Zig Ziglar program. You've done and are doing and will only continue to do things that so many of us born in this country convince ourselves is not possible for us, that we can't achieve that. We don't have the means. We don't have the resources. We don't have the talent or the ability or the opportunity to do so. And you're just like, listen up, kids. I'm going to come in and show you all how it's done. That's so, so Thank you. Yeah. Talk about, if we can, talk about your life before you came to America. As you said, I was born and raised in Serbia, former Yugoslavia, um, a little town, 1,500 people uh, on a pig farm. And uh, we were, my family was poorest for generations. We didn't own the pigs. We just provided labor to feed them and clean them. And since my parents worked, um, I was a very big kid from the beginning. I'm a 6'5", 300 pounds still. <laughs> so I was working day, cleaning yeah. the pig pen, and you got to clean the pig pen every day. And uh, that, was, that was my job. Um, and from there, you know, sometimes people don't know what they want to do. I knew what I didn't want to do, and I didn't want to clean the pig pen. So that pushed me, uh, pushed me forward. Uh, I ended up going in capital of Serbia, Belgrade, uh, getting my mechanical degree. And when opportunity presented, I was able to come on a work and travel program in the United States in 2001. And that changed my life forever because I saw perspective where people didn't care where you're coming from, who you are. They appreciated results. They were willing to accept you for who you are, not who are your parents, not where you're coming from. And that, I couldn't believe that because I come from that poor mentality that I'm not good enough. And all I was getting when I came over here, I was getting like, hey, you're good enough. I can't believe that you can do this. I can't believe that you are willing to go uh, so, 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 uh, so far. And so I started recently a business that is, that's my speaking business. It's called far beyond possible because we can do all things, but with God, everything is possible. So if we think far beyond possible, all the things can, uh, can, can be possible with God. And that, that, that's what, when I came over here, I realized these things are possible and I still believe that this country is uh, the country of opportunity. And, and it just, I'm so happy to be here. Last year, we became a 
uh, citizen. So it, it was just it was just awesome. It's surreal for me that I'm here with you and the people that I'm meeting and um, the life that I'm living. It's it's just unbelievable. Awesome. All right. So I have some questions to backtrack through that story, fill in some gaps yes. for us. Um, how old were you in 2001, the first time you came here? Uh, 2001. So that was 20 years ago. I was t- 24, okay. 25. And what was the program? You just mentioned that there was a program. You- it was a work and travel program. And I even remember the company. I don't think companies around. It's called Ayusa. Uh, you come as a student. If you're in university, you come, you work for four months and you can travel for one month afterwards. So we made some money. It was three of us. We came here. We work as a lifeguards and then we travel for a month. lifeguard here? Uh, yeah, I started as a lifeguard in the United States. What, what state? Maryland. So- and this is where, this is where I am today. Um, my, <laughs> the funny thing is that's how God works. My former boss is my business partner today. Love it. Love it. I met him. I met him at the pool. But my my preparation, what I did and what I learned on a pig farm and on a farm, we had my dad later got some money and he built an agricultural farm. We were raising corn and wheat. What I learned there, it served me and is still serving me today that um you know, when you are around the pigs, no matter how I protected myself when I was cleaning, that sting will permeate my skin. And no matter what I did afterwards and washed it, it will still be there. So today I'm really careful who I hang around because those, you know, even that you are in the passing and if it's just a little bit, um, those stink can rub off of you and then um next thing you know uh be careful who you're hanging out that's all i can (laughs) gonna say do you know what i actually really love that i have i grew up working around horses i have horses now to me i like the smell of horses right um but pigs and cows and even some chicken crap you know like those those smells uh, i just they get into you, the pig smell, the cow smell. You're right. I know I know exactly what you're talking about in the literal sense and the figurative sense. I know exactly what you're talking about, how it seeps into you um, and and applying that to life in the figurative sense and who you hang out with and who you surround yourself by and who you allow to represent you or pretend to represent you. That is like, that is freaking on point, man. It is, it's good. Um so that's what the change what it changed my life when I came uh United States. Uh, I didn't speak English. Yeah. So I did not want to hang out with Serbians at that time because I wanted to learn English. So I worked on a single guard pool and I was forced to learn English. And I thought to myself, the faster I learn English, the better off I will be. So I actually came back two more times before we decided that we're going to move. Who's we? And And your parents? Well, yeah, I got married in the meantime. I finished university in Serbia. We got married. Me and my wife, she's from Serbia. She was coming with me on a travel program. Uh, We got a kid over there. He was three years old when we decided to move here. We got a visa to move here. Uh, 
when we when we came here, I was able to uh, change visa, tourist visa to work visa. And then every six months, there is a program, different programs over here. I say if people come legally in United States, and I don't know how it is today, but when I came here, if you come legally here, there is ways that you can extend visa, that you can change uh, to work visa and find a way to stay here legally because that was my commitment. I did not want to stay here illegally because I didn't see myself as the guy that's going to work for a minimum wage and try to work for cash and try to, I, I came over here to, to build something because this country is the country of opportunity. And I didn't want to do uh, anything less than become successful so that I can give back because there's so many people that shoulders I'm standing on that helped me be here where I'm today. And I'm just scratching the surface. So, I didn't want to deprive my kid from that opportunity if I stayed illegally here. Uh, I didn't know what what would be what would be for him. Eventually, I got a green card uh, sponsorship through the company that I was working for, and in the same time, my wife got a green card on lottery, and so we got fast fast track into the citizenship and last year in December we became citizen. Uh, I'm gonna go back on the beginning when we came over here I didn't know anything about when we moved to the United States I didn't know anything about how insurance function how uh, what do you need to do uh, so I was just happy that I was here and immediately my wife got pregnant we didn't have insurance. So I said, not a big deal. I'll get insurance. Um, and that was in uh, 2007 when we were we started looking for insurance. And they said, well, that's a pre-existing condition. She, because oh, she was my pregnant. gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, what that's supposed to mean? <laughs> so I, I follow a lot of steps because we couldn't get the insurance at that time. Uh, somebody help us, and we because we were legally in the United States, we applied for government assistance, and my wife got it. And we, it was f because at that time it was three of us, but our daughter, my my wife was pregnant. They counted as four. The threshold to get a government assistance at that time was forty six thousand dollars. I was making like twenty thousand, twenty two thousand dollars in the beginning. She she was working, but it was part time. It was very little. I mean, barely barely surviving. I say there are four stages uh, of success. I call it four S's of success. You have survival, stability, success, significance. Significance is when you give give back. Uh, Zig Ziglar said, "You gotta be before you can do. You gotta do before you can have, and you gotta have before you can give back." You got to be the right person. So I was learning to be or become a right person. So we got on the government assistance. We got a food stamps. And I didn't know at that time, should I cry or should I celebrate? Because the one thing I did not come in the United States is to be on a government assistance, to be on a food stamps. But that helped us. And I think that's why that government assistance is made to help people that truly need uh, it helped us. 
we got a we got our daughter and in the meantime I got a raise and I broke that threshold of forty six thousand dollar a year. I grabbed the phone and I called immediately to cancel. And I learned one thing. It's easier to get on government assistance to get, than to get it off. They were convinc convincing me that I don't need to do that. What? That I can wait. There is a next year when it's a renewal and I can drag it out another two years. And I thought to myself, I almost did it. Wow. I almost said, okay. I said, no, I broke $46,000. I do not qualify anymore. Please take me off. And they took us off. My wife was furious because we couldn't buy cheese or ham, <laughs> mm -hmm. milk anymore. We had to buy whatever we could with money that I was making. But I believe if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be here today. I'll be still working for somebody. That was a, that was a big, um, big um, intersection in my life where I made a decision, and I believe I made the right decision not to depend on somebody, but create my own, uh, create my own future. Wow. I did have a couple of years ago, before COVID, I had an employee. It was a great employee, hard worker. I gave him raise, and a couple of weeks later, he quit because now he could not qualify for government assistance anymore. What? That's the loop that I was lucky that I avoided. Because once you get in that circle, it's game over. You are trapped and you depend on somebody. Wow. And I didn't want to depend on anybody. That is, that's really interesting that people in those agencies try to convince you to stay on public assistance. You know, there's, there's so much frustration in this country right now because of the, it feels like there's you know small percentage of Americans paying to support a large uh, amount of Americans who don't want to work, who just want to sit back and game systems and never contribute back to the country that whose citizens are giving so much to to them, uh, and it's just and I think that's just creating an animosity now where now there's like a zero now people are just angry all the time and they don't even know who they're angry at or why they're angry. They're just they see someone they're like, I hate you, you know, um, because we're just exhausted. Like Americans are exhausted of caring for everybody else at the expense of our own families. When we're out there, we're working so hard. And to hear that our own systems are encouraging people to stay on those those public assistance, which, as you said, they're designed to be temporary support, to be a hand up, you know, uh, to be that. I've had, with, when my husband was killed, my kids were very little. I had four very small children. And I allowed myself to get into relationships with people who took advantage of me, cleaned me out. If it was not for the support of people who came forward to bail me out of situations and then finally tough love me and say, that's it. I'm not helping you anymore until you decide to get your, get yourself together. You know, um, without those steps, I, who knows where I'd be. Right. So I, I understand the need for first for a helping hand when you're struggling and you're trying and you're working. Sometimes you just need that that push to get to the next step, right? But it's when people encourage you to say, no, just stay here. You don't have to try to get better. You don't have to work to give back. You don't have to try to be more. It's okay if you don't, I'm, I'm happy if you don't achieve this or that. We'll just stay here. And that's, it's a really easy trap to fall into.
It is, and it's sad. And I think for the most part, the people that saying those things, they don't mean ill. They don't mean, they don't want you bad. They they think that they're helping you right. by convincing you to stay there so that you don't have to struggle more. Because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that get off the uh, government assistance get get back on yeah. fairly quickly or uh, their lives go sideways if they don't have a mentor if they don't have some some guy and for me i was lucky um I, I just i cannot explain how lucky i was because the guy that took me under his wing that was in 2008 when everything collapsed he took me under his wing he was the guy that i actually worked as a lifeguard uh, when when I came in the United States. He was actually the owner, not my business partner and my boss. He was the owner. His company fell apart in 2008 because economy fell apart. And he saw something in me. And I remember we started meeting and he took me into the... At this point, I'm, I'm now two years in the United States and I'm just... Uh, I had only two speed, fast and full blast. <laughs> So people, <laughs> I'm chasing people out of the company. I'm working as a carpet cleaner, but I'm I'm running uh, the operation. I'm the I'm the man. Uh, I, you know, they didn't promote me to be operations manager. I promoted myself because nobody else wanted to work with me. But I succeeded because I outworked everybody, and I wasn't the the nicest guy around to be around. So he took me one time, and I I, I can remember in Bob Evans. We went for lunch and he looked at me. He said, BK, I know you, but I don't know your family. I don't know the situation in your family, but I know you and I see what you're doing. He said, you're chasing everybody away from you. He said, I think your marriage might be at the waterfall if it's not over. I thought to myself, like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know my wife. But what he did, I was mad at him, but what he did, to me, it opened my eyes. You know, they say once you see something, you cannot unsee. Mm -hmm. I went home and I started noticing what I was doing. How was my behavior? And that's where the Ziegler was right on the spot. You got to be the right person. You got to be the right person in order to be able to do the right thing. Because if you're a wrong person, most likely you're going to do the wrong thing. So I had to learn to be a right person. And and he helped me. I was mentioning it was 2008, and everybody know what happened in 2008. I was so, I was so um, consumed by my work that I learned that there was a recession, that there was a big um, bad situation in the country, that we had a, a real estate uh, collapse. I learned that in about 2000. 13 because <laughs> I was working so hard that I didn't I didn't see anything else other than opportunity. So my message for people today is there is opportunity everywhere. Number one, every single company needs workers. If you don't have work and you want to work, you can find a job. The glass is always half full for me. Doesn't matter how much is in that glass, that's how much is full. And if we take that in a, 
in in um in consideration and we follow that principle that the glass is always half full we can change something about um our situation we cannot change the situation in the country but we can change something about our situation and if you want to change something in a country in the world you got to change yourself so when he told me that my wife is about to leave me and that i'm an idiot that nobody wants to work with me instead of me looking and saying uh, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I started looking, okay, maybe there's something. Let me see what he's talking about. And let me learn from this, how can I be better? And that's where things started changing slowly, slowly for me. Um, as, as I was still cleaning the carpets, I love cleaning carpets because we work for the, my company is called Apartment Restorers. We do multifamily rental properties. And as you clean a carpet, that's the best, biggest satisfaction you get because somebody just ruined that carpet is dirty. Once you go over with the machine, it looks like brand new. So I realize it's the same thing with the pigs, right? When I was cleaning the pig pen, you always put a fresh straw. You know, if you were in a stall, no matter how dirty it is, when you finish, it is a stall. It is it feels clean. It looks, it looks good. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel that bad because two things, you put a clean straw, you remove all the dirt and you did it. You put some effort in it and you got a good result. So my whole life is based on those, uh, those principles. It's not about if you want to do something right, you got to do it yourself. No, it's, if you want to change the world, you got to change yourself. You got to start with you. Um, they say change it don't start until you do. And so that 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 was my whole whole thing in the United States. Anytime I see now something's going on, first I ask myself, what do I have here? What is my part? How am I responsible for this? Love it. Like, so let's. I want to get into the the business you have now and talk about that because you built that up into a very successful company now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apartment turnovers, and you own that with your former boss. So, apartment turnovers is the company that I worked as a carpet cleaner. Okay. My company is apartment restore. Apartment restore. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So I worked over there as a carpet cleaner, and we started doing restoration. We started doing water damage, and Disaster restoration, fire, water, mold. I started learning about it, and I found that in multifamily industry, there's not a there's not a lot of competition. So once I figured that out, uh, I started advertising that we do that. We didn't do that. That was on the list. That was not excuse me. That was not on the list at all. But once I start doing, people start using us more and more and more and more until that became a big piece of the company and affected right. okay. the business, how apartment turnovers okay. is operating. So we had two choices, either stop doing it or start a separate company. Gotcha. And so when we started a company, we put some money together and I started uh, running apartment restores, my business partner, who's the owner of original owner of the apartment turnovers, He's helping me a lot and guiding me, but I started running that and up until maybe 
40 years ago, five years ago, I was in a truck uh, growing that. And, and, and we really, we started, we started business in 2010 and we've been growing since then. Uh, the biggest that we were was last year, um, but we had, we consistently last four or five years, we kept around 40, 40 employees, 35, between 35 and, and 40. Right now we are 37. That's awesome. And we work around so, DC area. Yeah. So you came to this country, you learned the language. So let me ask you this too. By coming to this country and learning English and giving back and contributing to our country and I really, I have no idea how you're going to answer this. I'm really interested to know. Do you feel like you had to give up your identity and your own culture and your past? Is it, is it like an either or thing or are you able to kind of hang on to your own culture and your own heritage while embracing being an American? So it's kind of tricky. Um, I know who I am and where I'm coming from. Uh, we kept the, part of the culture, but I really, I didn't want to, I wanted to be American. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, but that's my question. Like, do you feel, cause I know, but I have so many friends that, yeah. that they use all day vacation days to go back in Serbia. I love my former, former country uh, because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Serbia, but um, the country is, Oh boy. It used to be communist country, social country. So that is deeply uh, rooted in. And so it's very, I believe it's very difficult to succeed over there because of those, that, that philosophy right. is there still present. Uh, people are going with, um, it is bad right now, but you know, it was worse. So we don't want to risk it and get it even worse, this is okay. The people live in the, in the scarcity and I don't, I didn't want to live. I don't want to live in the scarcity. Yeah. So that mentality is, 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 is gone. I want to live my life abundant is, 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 is abundantly possible. Uh, but that doesn't mean being reckless. Right. It just means uh, I know I can do better. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for that reason, I, I'm like, I grew up Orthodox Christian, and um, over here I learned. I thought that the Catholics and 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 other religions are completely different, but they're not. But we are not taught there in a way that we understand really a Bible. So when I came over here, I started reading a Bible, and I understand it's a one Bible. It's not multiple Bibles, but it it's just different when. Over here, I understand what freedom means. Uh, I, I, I heard Ron Swanson in the Parks and Recreation said, um, you can over here, this is a free country, and you can uh, eat and balloon yourself up to 450 pounds because that's what freedom is. You can do whatever you want. And a lot of people don't understand that. This country is free because somebody fought for that freedom and enabled us to be the way we are today, the way society is today. I, I love it because you can choose to be whatever you want to be. 
but I don't have to participate. Right. Now, the, the things are changing, and I, I'm not a big fan of it, but um, I know I don't have to participate. Okay. So for me, I kind of left Serbia uh, on in Serbia, and I, I am in the in United States. Yeah, I love that. And I ask because sometimes I get into conversations with people. I personally get frustrated when people come to our country to live in our country and assume that they don't need to learn how to speak English, you know? And so when I bring that up, I have a lot of people pounce on me and tell me what a terrible person I am and how intolerant. I don't know. I spent a year in Denmark when I was a, a, a teenager. You know, after high school, I spent a year in Denmark. I worked hard and within two, three months, I learned Danish, uh, which is a completely, it just sounds like baby, it sounds just so different, right? Uh, I thought people were just making it up at first. So like, I know I, I was fluent by the time I came home, dreaming in Danish and all this, right? So, but I did that because I was in their country and I didn't expect them, even though most people spoke English in Denmark, I didn't expect them to speak English around me. I wanted to be a part of their culture and learn their culture and to speak Danish. So it's not quite the same because I didn't go there to live. But when I say to people, hey, I think if you're going to come live in America, you should learn to speak English enough to communicate, to get around if you want to contribute to be a part of society. It doesn't mean you have to stop speaking your, your natural language. It doesn't mean you shouldn't teach it. Maybe we should... I think Americans should also learn more languages than English. I think it's really bad that we don't. I think we're terrible in that department, right? I think we should all know two, three languages. But um, so I'm curious to know your point of view because you're living that, right? Like you, you chose to come here, but I'm, you know, people that come here and don't. Like, what is your position? Do you think I'm kind of a kind of a jerk for saying that? You can come out and say it. No, uh, yeah. I am. Uh, I, for example. I thought my kids Serbian. My kids speak Serbian. That's great. At home, at home we speak Serbian. I have three kids, uh, two boys and a girl. They speak Serbian, and um, I was really hard on them speak Serbian because you don't learn English here. And I believe that it's important if you want to if you want to prosper in this country, you have to learn the ways that. Um, this country is so, somebody asked me, say, how you do certain things? I'm like, there is a law, read the law, learn the law, and follow the law. And then you can have, you can do everything you want. It's not a, it's not a big deal. There are so many rules, learn the rules and follow the rules. And it's, it's okay. Um, I'm not, I am for the law and order. I am not for, uh, you know, the freedom, you know, they say uh, the car, if it doesn't have a driver, you remove the steering wheel, it's free, but it's not going to go, right. it's not going to go far away. You got, you got to have something that keep that, keep that guy, uh, keep that car on the road uh, where, where it's supposed to be. So I am for people learning the language, uh, accepting the law of the country, uh, following the law of the country. I have so many friends that talk bad about the United States. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, say, hey, you know that you don't have to be here. It's okay. You can go back. 
Well, they don't want it because over there it's 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 bad. But that sense of entitlement is is taking over the world. And I think when when COVID happened and everything got shut down, uh, people fall into that. Um, I don't even know how to call it. it is kind of false entitlement mm-hmm. where they think, OK, if I was doing this so far, why I cannot continue to work from home? We never stop because we were doing uh, my company does the uh, infectious disease prevention before the COVID, so we just kept on going and kept working. Right. Um, so that that was for us. We just we didn't we didn't stop. We didn't we yeah. didn't stop. But I know a lot of people went and worked from home, and and now they don't like the idea that they actually have to work. Right. Again. To contribute and, out there, I think the fact that your family speaks your language at home, I think that gives your kids an edge over uh, over other, because very few American kids who are born and raised here speak another language. You know, it's just, I don't understand why we don't speak, teach languages young in school and several languages. So like, I personally think that's amazing that you're doing that. And I do think your kids are going to have an edge over others in that, in that sense that they're fluid in two languages. Also about the kids, I'm looking at my kids and I'm thinking they have anything they want right now. And the hardest part for me as a parent is um, to teach them that what they have is not a norm. Right. We go travel a lot. We in the beginning when I when I didn't have enough money to travel, I would go and do the classes, and, and, and I'll learn stuff, and I'll take my family, I'll call that a vacation. While I'm in classes, they, they're visiting cities, or if Love it's it. on the beach. Um, so I, I did that a lot. But I want to teach them somehow, and that's very difficult. I don't pay my kids. I don't give them, they don't have allowance. Um, my, my youngest one broke his phone, uh, like two months ago, he's 12, 13, just turned 13. Two months ago, he broke his phone. It's like a disaster. So he still doesn't have a phone. And I told him, so you got to figure out how you're going to make money so that you can earn that phone because I paid and I'm not paying anymore. And sometimes I think that's um, cruel, but I think that's how it's going to teach him uh to do a hard work and appreciate the money when they make themselves. Uh, my oldest one worked for me in the summer ever since he was 14. He's 19 right now. We didn't qualify for any help on the college. So I told him, I said, you have two options. I buy your condo or I pay for your college. If I buy your condo, you got to get a scholarship. So he applied and he got full academic scholarship nice. in Baltimore, New NBC. And he started working and he has small business. He's buying stuff in the thrift store and selling them online. And, you know, last year he made $11,000 in profit. 
I, I was bad dad and I didn't tell him that the taxes are coming. Yeah. So he was very, very surprised. <laughs> yeah. We had to pay $2,000 in taxes. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> uh, of the money that he didn't have. Right. But I, I, I wanted him to learn. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that is so good. My kids are now young adults and out there and it was a hard hit for them to like, you know, oh my gosh, rent and car insurance and health insurance. And I need four tires for my car and I have to do this or that. And they've started saying to me now, they're looking back, they're like, mom, how did you do this? (laughs) How did you do this? Now I did have some military benefits uh, that helped me, but they were like, a sliver of the cost of life. You know, they allowed me to work full time and pay. I had to work full time and, and use the military benefits to pay my bills, right. To, to take care of all my kids and not have to lose my house and all that jazz. So, but that job I had at the time was just enough. If I had never left that job, I would never be doing more than just barely paying my bills, you know, and I would always need the military benefits. And so, you know, I left that job to, to go for bigger and better things, but it is a good, unless you experience it, you don't want to experience it when you don't have backup or when you have people relying on you. Like that's not when you want to be learning. You want to learn those lessons before you have people relying on you, before you have a family to provide for and before you're coming from behind right? But before you're in debt and trying to climb out. That's why I think it's important to learn this up front that you got to be the right person in order to do the right thing. If you're not the right person, you most likely going to do something that is not right. So if, if I am able to teach my kids to be the right person, my employees to be the right person, we have only um, one rule in, uh, in our company, and that is our value, motto, uh, call it what you will, it's provide great service. Our job in a company is to provide great service. So when you're driving, are you providing great service to other uh, motor uh, drivers and, and, and other vehicles? When you're going to do the work somewhere, are you wearing shoe covers? Are you providing the good service? Because everybody knows what the good service is. We can pretend, but everybody knows what the good service is. When you go in a restaurant or you're going to food, fast food or in a store, when you get out of there, you know if you got a good service or it wasn't so good service. So I teach everybody that if you provide a great service, everything else is going to be uh, everything else, else is going to be right, but that's why you have to be the right person in order to be able to do the right things. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. When you go out and speak now, because you're, you studied under. Yeah, I started. Go ahead. I have a few engagements. It's not, it's, it's just starting. Uh, a lot of things that I speak, I speak to my, uh, it's like they, they're getting daily dose of BK. Uh, my employees and family and friends. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm just starting with my speaking. Group. Okay. So who, what is your, what is your audience? Not now, but it's you know, a, who, who is yeah. the audience you will speak? So it's mainly blue collar uh, employees, people that starting the small businesses. Um, that's who I can really help 
go from uh, survival to stability to success. Yeah. It, it, it's and that that is my goal in life because a lot of people help me, taught me how to go from that survival to stability to success. Uh, success is not what you accomplish. Success is what you teach other people to accomplish. And people say, why are you teaching them this? They're gonna they're gonna go on their own. I said, my my wish is for them to go on their own because that's what I did. Yeah. And I want to help them. And that's what we do. We um, we're talking about creating a little uh, small business incubator in our company. That's our goal. That people can come over here, work, learn. Then we're really busy. We need subcontractors. We can help them start a business. They work for us as a subcontractors, and then they can continue building their careers, building their businesses if they want. Because that's what this country is built on. It's it's built on the small businesses. Love it. All right. You're so multi-layered. You have so many pieces to your story. I feel like there's so much more to pull out of you. So we're going to maybe pull you back one time and get other pieces. But before before we wrap it up, I want to ask you, again, this is a freedom-based podcast. We're very, obviously very patriotic. But uh, what is we have a very broad definition of freedom here to encompass all we do and all we talk about, but what does, what does freedom mean to you and how do you celebrate that? To me, freedom is that I can do whatever I want to do, wherever I want to do and not affecting other people and not other people affecting me on what I'm doing. That's to me is freedom. I can create my own fortune uh, and I can use it the way I want. Love it. So what is your advice to somebody now who's just, who feels like they're focused on all the reasons, all the problems and all the struggles and all the reasons why they quote, can't do what they really want to do. What's something that you would say to somebody to help kind of pop them up out of that rut of self-doubt or, or negative thoughts? You don't have to be great to start. But you got to start in order to become great. Love it. So just start. Love it. All right, man. Where can people go to connect with you, to find you online or to learn about your company or maybe to hire you, hire you to speak? Well, um, I have a YouTube channel that I started recently. It's called Far Beyond Possible. And there is a couple of my presentation over there. Um, and from there, you can find me. You can, you can reach me on the comments. But far beyond possible. All right, great. That's my. I really, I really appreciate you coming on here. I love your energy. I love the way you're just like forward. You only see forward. <laughs> it's so great. Um, so you know, I can meet someone. I could talk to them, and I could be like, "This person is just going." You know, you could, you know, how to spot that person, and 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 that's you. You're just full steam ahead. I can't wait to see where you go from here. I'm so happy our mutual friend Marie Cosgrove connected connected us and she's if you uh, listening haven't heard her interview we I interviewed her a long time ago she spoke at our Great American Summit she bought the company that fired her she overcame huge adversity in her life she's just a sweetheart a good person but you know don't mess with her in the business world because she'll mop the floor with you if she needs to <laughs> which I love about her. <laughs> I love about her. So 
PK, thank you so very much for taking the time to, to come be a part of our platform and our show and reach out to our community. And I look forward to all that's to come with you. Thank you. Have a great one. You too. All right. Thank you, man. That was, that was fun for me. I feel like I really do mean it. I'm like, I'm watching you. I'm listening to you. I'm hearing what you're saying. And I'm like, this guy is just, you're only just started. <laughs> like you're, yeah, I, you're, it, it's, I didn't, I didn't want to speak and it's just, things are happening. I'm speaking for multifamily, my, my, my audience, really. I'm not, I'm not doing for the money, but, um, or glory. I just want to give it back. No, I love it. And I think, uh, I think people can really, I think your message is really important and you know, like you're calm energy, but you're still like energetic, you know, and you're putting out there, you really are an example of everything that we talk about. I mean, you came here from another country and I think, I think so many of us here in, in this country, and I'm going to put myself in that category before my husband was killed. I never really, or before he deployed, even I never really stopped to consider like, Hey, everything we live and do and breathe has a, has a price to pay. Like somebody is paying the price for, (laughs) um, I think, I think having hearing from people like you is just a reminder to people that even though our country is currently wounded and in, you know, in, and kind of on the precipice of terrible things, I think we can swing the pendulum back. So I think, I think you say that without saying it, if that makes sense, you know, kind of. Yes. It's so difficult. You know, I lived through the, through this in Serbia, Serbia, Yugoslavia in 92 had the biggest third biggest inflation ever. Uh, it was uh, 64% a day for two years. So, I mean, this is a small scale. What I see is going on here, but man, this is like give, give, give for nothing. And it's, it's just creating more and more problems. I believe it's yeah. like, we not, we're not going to, first we need to stop digging. Yeah. That, that would be yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again so much. I will let you know when this airs. It'll be in the next week or two, and and I'll send you all the links, and we'll put it out there. Your video. Yeah, I listen. I started listening when when uh, Marie told me about you. I started listening to your podcast. You have great people, so I hope that I can help somebody. Um, and thank you, thank you so much. Yeah.